Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. The first day of training is when I realized, oh, this is why they win the league every year. When I, I spoke with Kevin, if I gonna sign or no for Olympiakos, I say, you are crazy good, you like my friend. I can't speak, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening, everybody? Gate 7 International here with you guys after a pretty thrilling 2-1 victory. Definitely had my blood pumping, but it is what it is. It's just another great game. And we're here to talk post-match with you guys. Costa, Adi, we're here with you as always. Costa, how you been? I'm good, man. I'm glad we we won the game. It's the kind of game that we wouldn't have won the first half of the season, but we'll get into we'll get into that sure. more. For sure, for sure. And guys, as always, like we say, if you haven't done so already, a lot of new people check in. Uh, when we were checking last week, some of our listener statistics. Half of the half of the people that tune into the shows now are not subscribers. For you guys that are tuning in, help us grow the red and white community. If you're part of that half that don't already subscribe, hit the button. It costs you nothing, and the engagements really help us to con connect the red and white community. So hit that like button and ring the bell if you want to be notified anytime we go live, anytime we do these scouting reports or these deep dives. We still have a couple days left in the window, so there's probably still an opportunity for me to do another deep dive. Uh, a lot less than I had to do over the summer, but we love to do them. So hit that like and subscribe and help us grow the community. Uh, as always, a couple words from our sponsors. Uh, for those of you that have any shipping needs, whether you're shipping out of the United States, into Greece, into Europe, doesn't matter. Visit our friends at Piraeus International. Website is www.piraeusintl.com. You can also give them a call at 410-675-4696. That is the local number, not including country codes. So give them a visit if you have any shipping needs, freight forwarding needs, what have you. Our friends in Piraeus can help you and lastly for you betters out there champions league is going to kick off champions league europa league soon so we're going to be doing more bet cards posting our bets just like we did with the world cup that seemed to be pretty popular with a lot of you you can bet along with us if you are interested in getting in on the action with bet us they have some very aggressive betting lines gosta will tell you we compared with a lot of the the regular companies that are used and the lines are really good. Not to mention their first deposit, they're doing a 125 deposit match, 125%, I should say. When you make your account and do your first deposit, they match your deposit plus some. So looking to make some money doing some betting or you want to bet along with us, use our promo code GATE7INTL. That's in all caps, GATE7INTL at betus.com.pa. Now let's get into it. A lot of fun stuff to talk about with this post-match. Alibiakos versus Ofi. We came out winners 2-1 to one after going down a goal in the beginning from a comedy of errors from our defenders, starting from Socrates holding the, everybody on side, and then Terezos kind of just tripped. It looked like he tripped. I know. I think Lampard in our chat said it looked like somebody just touched him and he fell, but I didn't even see contact. It just looked like he fell. And then... The goal was just wide open for uh, Dicko, I believe is uh, his name. But yeah, it, it was one of those things. But in the end, uh, you know, the game 
was dominated, being dominated by Libyakos in terms of possession and in terms of those final third opportunities. We do end up getting two goals out of a multitude of opportunities that we had, especially some that were directly in front of goal, which will top, uh, we will touch on later. Costa, how did you see this game? Yeah, it's curious. You mentioned the first half and dominating possession. I, I had a funny feeling about this game going into it. And I have to say that I only just realized that their manager is the guy that managed Ludogorets previously. We, we all remember Ludogorets. So already going into the game and having listened to some, you know, analysis and what's going on with Offi recently, they're, they're fight, you know, coming to Karaiskagi five, five games unbeaten they drew at Baug, they drew at Panathinaikos. I think at Panathinaikos, they hit the bar like in, in, in stoppage time. And you're thinking, okay, it's going to be one of those games. Like I think it's it's going to be one of those where I'm going to break a sweat. So I, I also listened to Dombrowskis uh, before, before traveling to, um, to Athens from Crete. And, you know, he was talking about going to the Gadaiskagi and playing positive. And you saw the first 15 minutes, they pressed us really high up the field and they weren't afraid. And I counted the number of players that they had near our 18-yard box. They had five players on our 18-yard box pressing us. And we'd move the ball around. And, and I'm, I hate to target a certain player in particular, but then we move the ball around. The ball goes out to the left to Oleg. Oleg plays it into in deep or into nowhere, and then they get the ball back. They come again. We dispossess. They press again. And that went on for about 15 minutes, beginning of the first half. And it, you know, the, the setup, he decided uh, Mitchell today to play without three tens. And Fortunis gets dropped, and you've got Hammers playing behind the striker, Biel who I have a feeling we're going to talk a lot about today. Biel kind of everywhere on the pitch again and 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 Gary Rodriguez traditionally out on the right. And it didn't work. It didn't work in the first half. I thought Gary Rodriguez bought next to nothing, like nothing in the first half. There was a terrible miss that he had early on in a good position in the box where he skied it. And generally, yeah, the, the the first half. I mean, if we, it was so crucial to get that equalizer before half time, and it's come from a set piece. Is it the first set piece that we've scored in the league, like this season? Like goal from a set piece? I swear, I can't remember. No, I, I think Hamis. I think Hamis had like a, a, at least one or two set pieces in the first half of the season that we scored. I have to double check that. I can't tell yeah, you off the top no, of my but, head. But 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 you know. Whereas last season with Martins, it used to be very common, like how we yeah. clean up a game or like open the scoring, set piece, corner, free kick, you know, some. But we haven't seen a lot of that this season and great header from Bakambu. And then, you know, at 1 1 at half time, then it's an open game. And it was an entertaining game for, for us, uh, heart in mouth stuff, you could say. But for the neutral, I thought like it was an entertaining game. Like it was up and down, there was rhythm. They didn't come to shut up shop. So uh, all in all, like a good game to watch. Absolutely. I agree with you there. Uh, I will say in the first half, it felt to me 
and I know at the very least Lombro agreed with this. I think I think you may have as well that it felt like we didn't necessarily have a a game a, a game plan. You or if if we did, they they definitely had a game plan, and it looked like it on the field. At least to me, they looked like they were a little, especially in the first half, a little bit more in sync. They would press, they would disrupt our rhythm, and then they would go and transition right away uh, into getting the ball forward. Despite the fact that I thought that we moved the ball decently well and we made a couple of opportunities happen. It definitely felt like they had a, uh, a, a real game plan versus ours was again, it seems like it's a lot more individuality that is creating a lot of these opportunities for us. Uh, not, not that it, we don't have some good team moments here and there. There's some decent moments of interplay, one of which uh, led to a goal, but a lot of stuff, comes from these individual efforts, which in the long run, I don't think is sustainable uh, for production wise. And that's stuff that we've touched on uh, before. Now, Costa, I want to touch on an early comment here from Manos um, about the goal that we conceded from Ofi. Manos says, didn't expect a mistake like that from Invila. He probably expected the center back to be there. And the mistake was a lack of chemistry uh, result. I, Manos, I'm going to tell you, I watched a replay of that goal over and over when it happened. I think, you, that I think Adi, I think he's talking about the pass in the second half. Oh, the one that Pascal okay. stopped. That, okay. Maybe that was it. Because I, yeah. I I saw some people also blaming and Vila's asking why he wasn't on Dicko. And that wasn't his man. That was, Retzos had him Retos. and fell. And you would like, okay, maybe in Vila, I, I understand, like, you would like that maybe he gets back in time to clean that up. But that was Retos's man on the first goal. And yeah, okay. But still, that's not, I don't blame in Vila for that goal at all. Um, Retos, I have no idea what happened. He just always seems to fall. Um, but yeah. Uh, I think we have a new subscriber and he's, he's trying to understand why we speak English. Do you want to explain to him? Uh, George, we are... We are Greeks from outside. We do this in English. Uh, so we are Greeks that are outside of Greece. But again, this is to help broaden the Greek supporter base, Ilbiakos supporter base outside of Greece. Um, you know, there's plenty of shows, plenty of content that everybody has within Greece. But as we mentioned before, there's a lot of Greeks outside. There's a ton of people that support Libyakos that also don't speak Greek. That is the purpose for us being here. But, you know, when we open the lines, if you want to come on, we do have content that's in Greek. We have interviews that are in Greek with Nikopolidis, with Luciano. Uh, we do we do plenty of content in Greek. And when we open the lines, if you want to speak Greek to us, we will speak Greek back to you. Uh, it's actually been a while, I think, since we've had one of those. Actually, last episode. Oh well, but only, I but, but like yeah, like only one person, like George from London, came on. Uh, people people are always like, "Oh, when are you opening the lines? When are you opening lines? I want to come on the podcast. How can I get on a podcast?" And then we open the lines, and everyone gets shy. We're like, "Come on, come on, come on, come on!" Exactly. But um, moving, I forgot where I anyway. was with that. With that, we, <laughs> we were on that. We were we were you were answering um, Manos' comment about Envilo. Oh right, right, right. Yeah. So yeah, I thought he was talking about the first goal, but yeah, the um I see what you're saying. I still will say um okay, there you go. Matos yeah. just confirmed he was referring to that. I still think that um Jan and Vila, even even with that little um we'll say gaff, I still think he had a great game today overall. Uh me personally. And Vila. Yeah. I think he had a me decent too, game. Me too, man. 
like I, I, I kind of touched on it a little bit on the last episode. I'm not, I, I don't quite remember, but I've certainly discussed this with a few people recently. Like, uh, I think if he doesn't resign or he doesn't, you know, get a new deal, you know, that's a really, that's a really big piece in our, in our midfield. And, and I, I read and I hear a lot, oh, he's really slow and we need someone a bit more dynamic. And it's like what he brings in terms of commitment, tenacity and, you know, ball distribution is, is one of the best I think we've seen in the position. And he's up there with, uh, with like Guillermo more recently, or I mentioned Pablo Obais in the last episode as well. Like he could ping the ball like 20, 30 yards and, cut the ball in between the lines play those you know 15 20 yard passes just like straight through the the, the entire opposition team so i don't know what's going to happen with with jan and jan and villa but i think he's been a, a really good servant to the club for three years professional and he he doesn't he possible he he's worth his money man like he yep he gets stuck in like you saw it today as well just like how many times he he flew into challenges and even when there was that little scuffle towards the end of the game like you saw him like it's like i'm not having it you know and he yeah. he means he means business and i think he's come very close to the club let's see let's see what happens um yeah and and something you also said on the last the last show which i think is it's especially for the present, for the the predicament we found ourselves in with transfers. We're not going to find another player like him that can distribute the ball as well deeply, especially not in the winter. And over Very the hard. summer, I'm worried what we are going to bring in. You know what I mean? Because you are 100% correct. I mean, look, he's not uh, – he has some of the, distri the distribution capabilities Guillerme did, but not the ability to get forward. We've talked about this so many times. Uh, or Baith, I think you had – a really great was it you you had the comparison with that correct yeah i think that's a great comparison and you can't take that for granted because once you lose it you're going you know once once we lose it as a team we're going to miss it because who else do we have on the team that can sit back and pepper the ball out and still maintain like a high 80s 90 percent pass accuracy who else exactly. on the team can do that from deep and be on the mark all the time Bukhalakis is the closest player to that that we have. And, uh, and as much as Bukhalakis is Greek, and I may love him for that, he, he's on a, just a different level, I'm sorry, than Jan and Vila. So that's, that's what we lose with Jan and Vila when he's not there. I understand there's, there's a lot people say about Jan and Vila in terms of his um, speed, uh, other things that you've mentioned, Costa, but yeah. Again, the what he brings to the team so far far outweighs what he what he doesn't bring. I, I yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, the positives <laughs> it, outweigh the negatives. Is that is that better? Yeah, that's people that's, get it exactly. Uh, let, let, let's let's have a look at some of the comments. And we've got Yorgos uh, Mustaka says good evening. Kalispera, I got Jonas Madsen often commenting uh i don't know if this is the first time you're joining live mate but thanks uh good to see you it says good evening from zinkenagel land that's uh denmark manos loyal follower hello again my friend uh lagis gavalas the <laughs> one and only <laughs> says he feels vindicated about subpar bl 
that we should cut our losses while we still have some time. Do you know what we're going to talk about, Biel? We have a I segment. Wanna, I, I, I want to talk about Biel. I do want to talk about him. Um, me, me too. What else have we got here? Alexandros from Sweden says, love what you guys are doing as a Greek, half Greek, born and raised in Sweden. Unfortunately, not Greek speaking. This is gold. This is such a big part of my life now. Wow. That's That's beautiful. Thank you so much. I don't know. And and Alexandros, thank you so much. He he gave us a a donation. Big love from Sweden. He says, Alexandros, thank you so much. Guys, your comments. uh, We got a a nice bit of fan art. uh, Greg sent us from Texas. Costa, I don't know if you saw that on Twitter. He drew something and he tagged yeah. us and it said Gates. I mean, guys, that we love that stuff. I don't think it's very difficult for me to explain what it means to us. We've told you guys this ad nauseum. We don't get paid to do this. We do this because we love it. Everything we do, we put our own you know, funds into this so that we can make this work, everything so that we can do this for you guys. So when we see stuff like that and people buying in, people saying this has become a huge part of our life, it means a lot to us. We wouldn't be here without you guys. And you guys give us the energy to want to continue to do this. So it, it makes it all the better for us. And we love every second of it. All of you guys that continue to engage with us. Um, Lakis Gavalas, you know, this poor guy, I feel like is just just down in the dumps all the time. Uh, we'll come another comment here. Uh, but, you know, you guys, whatever your opinions are, we love it when you join in. This is, It makes it so much better for all of us. Uh, the more you guys engage and when we have uh, engagement like that as well. So thank you again. And all of this goes towards any donations you guys give us. It goes towards leveling up. Um, I'm getting much better with data. You guys got a little teaser of it, which we'll talk about later with Talvin. But anything you get us helps us level up this so we can make this experience in the show better for you. Gosa, um, we should just talk about Pepiel. We have a whole segment for it anyway. I think we should just do it. Do you want to start? let's do it so after i won't even just say after the game during the game i there was a ton of back and forth about pep bl and really you know the banner kind of says it all i mean he many creations but many mistakes um i saw a statistic on sofa score pep bl had four key passes today he also missed three big scoring chances (laughs) I I joked, uh, it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek on Twitter, um, and I said that, you know, Conrad De La Fuente was iced out of the team for less. Uh, of course, I, I do know and I acknowledge there was a little bit more beyond that, but seriously, I mean, if, this, if Pep Biel wasn't a $6 million signing, a game like this could have ended his career at Libyacos, even with the goals he did create for us. What goes, how did you feel overall about his performance with the stuff he created with the chances that he missed? How, how does, how did this performance ring for you? I mean, look, I think already months ago, I said that there is a danger that this player gets lost a bit like Zinkanag, like it gave me some Zinkanagu vibes the whole fact that we had so many players in the same position and we supposedly brought this guy in to be our fulcrum player behind the striker, our marquee signing during the summer. And uh, I was worried about that. And it's true. Like, I mean, the guys played everywhere in attack, whether it's left, right, 
middle, even up front one game, I think he was tried a false nine, but that was a friendly. So he hasn't really bedded down. And like today, if you look at the formation, he was supposed to be out on the left. But then when you look at them, like him and Hammers are just kind of bumping into each other and occupying the same spaces. But he tries to kind of find space on the left or even you'll see him out on the right sometimes in the first half. And in the second half, I think that, I don't know if it was a tactical decision, but you saw Pep really in the middle. That's how the second goal came about. He played a few passes, and I think the, the Rodine chance was after a Pep Biel pass, if I'm not mistaken. And look, I mean, the first chance with his right foot, he should bury it. Yeah, he should bury that. It's a bad shot like with his with his weaker foot. Yep. Didn't connect. It's poor. Like it should finish. The second one, he, he's in he's in the right position. He's got into the box and the cross has come in from Bakambu and he's put his left foot on it and the keeper's made a good like an instinctive save. So you, you've got to give credit to the keeper on the second one. And then the third, the third he's hit it wide, hasn't he? One that's on his left foot. Like mm-hmm. in, you know, the kind of shot that he'll bury into the bottom corner and he's, he's, he's gone wide and you're just like, oh, it's one of those nights. Yep. It's one of those days for him. But I think you see at the end of the day that he's not just a goal scorer. Okay. He didn't score today, but he can create too if he's in the right positions. So maybe we'd be having a very different discussion in a very different tone if we hadn't won that game today luckily we did so i acknowledge that i may have a diff- may have had a different tone in what i say but i think for a player like that that you, again you've invested that amount of money you've got to play him in his position okay it's going to be like that until the end of the season probably and let's see what happens in the summer but in the end, all ends well in terms of the result. And for me, it's more important that a player like that is getting opportunities and keeps trying and keeps getting into those positions to create or to score. So I'm not worried about Pep. And I'm going to just revert to something. I pretty much preach the same thing over over and over again. I me personally, and it's stuff I look at in the data. Uh, you, those of you that have watched some of the the deep dives know that this is stuff I value. I value consistency in opportunities created and consistency in opportunities given. Uh, so like whether you're a striker, how often are you getting opportunities and how often are you finishing those? But as somebody like a winger and attacking mid, I look at the opportunities that they they create themselves, how often they are doing those things. And with Pep Bio, we are seeing some consistency in that regard. And today was a, uh, a a game where this guy probably could have had a hat trick or at the very least a couple goals and an assist, even though in the end he comes up with uh, nothing. So he could, he could have had a much better game. And a lot of that production came when he was the one sitting uh, as like the, the shadow striker or as the, the little and a big little uh, in the four, four, two, we were playing as a number 10. And I think that speaks to, kind of the problem we've discussed on the show a lot, which is we have three tens. We're playing two of them when they do play like more or less out of position. So Pep Biel plays as a wing. We don't get a lot of great 
production out of him. We swapped him in James, and then all of a sudden we see Pepiel getting all of these opportunities all over the place. So it's 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 one of those things where we know the guy has talent, and when he can play in a situation where he has more control, you see that he can create opportunities. It's just about finishing them. So I still think, for me, I still think Pepiel is uh, is a is a ta- very talented player, and I think especially in in the scenarios that we find ourselves in now with the club, I think we still need him. So I don't think this is a situation where you could say, oh, he missed too many tantrums. We can, we have to bench him. No, I I disagree with that. And I think the people that were saying that are being a little bit too reactive in my opinion. Um, And I I think he's a great player. And overall, I think he's a, a good addition. So this is a very relevant comment from Spiros uh, Neradzis. Neradzis, sorry if I pronounced that wrong. I don't know where the accent is. It says, Oidios um, or Biel, I'll translate this. Uh, Biel himself said in a statement earlier in the week that he he feels more comfortable behind the striker. Yeah. I think uh, I remember Corbran as well. He was, he was asked about that. He, he, yeah, and maybe even Pep earlier in the season. So I think that's clear. But he likes to play yeah. behind the striker. Some more comments. Um, River RR says, Biel is more of a second striker than a winger or a 10, but he's our most dangerous players. One of our most dangerous players. The goals will come. I think he's he scored five or six goals already this season, if I'm not mistaken. And there were some more comments. Uh, Lagis, Lagis continues, uh, we need someone to press the ball. That's why we can see so much. I don't care about the long passes. There are many players that can do that cheaper. I actually think Pep is one is is pretty much the only ten that we have that offers the press out of the three options that we have: Fortunis, Hammers, and and Pep. Pep's the only one that presses. He does a lot of work off the ball, a lot of running into good positions. What else we got? Oh, there was one that I wanted to address. Another comment from Manos. He's asking. Is Marshall Marshall's an Olympiacos fan without being Greek? I always wanted to ask. So yeah, for those of you that don't know, we are how many? How many are we now? It's five or six. Uh, well, te- technically four plus one. Four plus yeah, I was about to say we have we have it's four plus one because Costa's with other Costa K joins us for shows all the time. Um, uh, but yeah, it's it's four of us. Four plus one. That's right. So Marshall's the only one that doesn't have family linked to Greece. Mm-hmm. But so I think the story with Marshall is basically when, uh, was it when Jibor came to play for us? Jibor played for his local club, I think back in France. And Marshall grew an in interest in Olympiagos from when Jibor came. And then you had a lot of you know players that had play- played in France, like... Uh, Abdun, and then of course you know Modesto, and more recently the players that came from League Two, Cisse. I mean, we have a massive French contingent in the club. So uh, Marshall is also quite a prolific tweeter. Have a look at his account, Olympiakos with a K, F R. That's a big account he has on Twitter. So yeah, very is very is very uh, very cool having Marshall on the show. And he's a non-Greek. He's a non-Greek. Olympiagos fan and you know that is one of the objectives of this podcast this channel as well is to to reach out beyond Greece and you know connect all the Greeks and all the Olympiagos fans wherever we are in the world but also to you know spread the word spread the love about our club and try and create new Olympiagos fans as we as we go along and I tell you uh 
Martial is one passionate Olympiacos fan. He really is. And then for those of you that are newer subscribers that never had a chance to meet Peter, uh, Peter was one of the original hosts of Gate 7 International. He is right now uh, not doing shows with us. Hopefully he's able to return. Uh, he Peter has been doing his PhD, but he goes out on like expeditions into the Arctic. So he's trying to finish his studies and hopefully maybe when that's done, he can... Uh, we might be able to see Peter again, but he's another one. No, no Greek roots, but he started to follow along, along with Olympiacos because of Lambro. He watched a couple of games. He watched, I believe his first game was a derby game where Cissé scored. I think that was the first game he watched. He's like, this is crazy. This is amazing. I need to, I need to watch more of this. I need to get into this. And that's how, that's how an Olympiacos fan was born with no ties to Greece. So it's, it's beautiful stuff, guys. And this Indeed. is how we continue to grow the community. We People see what it is to be a Libyakos, what it is to support a Libyakos, what the Libyakos community is, and they want to be a part of it. It's a great community. We love this stuff. It's amazing. So like and subscribe, engage with us here, and help us continue to grow while we're checking in. A lot of people have already tuned in, uh, coming in and out, checking out the show. So for those of you that like what you see, like what you hear, just... Really quick, it costs you nothing and helps us grow and continue to find more Peters, more Martials, because that's what's going to get this club and continue and give it the large European following that we all believe it deserves. Stuff like this. So help us with that mission and grow this community. Oh, Gosta, we've got another one. I recall. Meanwhile, meanwhile, another donation. Thank you for the beer, my Thank friend. So a couple of beers tonight, one from Sweden and one from the UK. Thank you very much. Uh, Ira Kaur says, leave classic tens alone, make football great again. <laughs> great comment. You're, you're mouth the God's ears, buddy. I mean, I, I, as someone that played as a 10 and I love classic tens, I am with you there hundred percent, man. Unfortunately, that's not the way football is going. The classic 10 is almost all but dead. Um, I, I really hope that it makes a renaissance at some point. Oh, of course, I have some right. lovely photos. Look at those faces at, at, after the second goal. I mean, even I jumped out my seat today. Normally for league games, when it's not a derby, when we're not playing you know, I'm normally quite calm, like on the couch and I'm watching the game, analysing, whatever. But today, like when the second goal went, it was like, goal! You know, I actually kind of jumped out my, jumped out the couch for a moment. I thought, yes, you know, and, you know, you can see, that picture, I think, is very characteristic, you know, what it meant to the players. I mean, it was, it was 76th minute, El Arabi got yep. the winner, and it was a nice goal. It was a nice goal. The second half, I mean, we we were all over them. And in all honesty, it could have been four, five in the, you know, four or five goals by the end of the game. And you know what? Shout out to their keeper. My God. Yeah. Christos Manvas, football manager legend you know he had a really good game the one that he he tipped onto the bar that was it huang, huang hit, yeah. that, hit that shot and he tipped it onto the bar and then you know the save on biel i think he's made a save on on el arabi he's made like three at least three like really big saves yeah in that game today yeah absolutely he had he had an incredible match and i mean i <laughs> Here it, it's like one one, and the saves just keep coming. And I sat there, I'm like, is this really going to end in a one one draw because this guy is saving everything? 
and uh there, there were moments where i was getting super frustrated it always seems like when some of these teams we come up to them and their goalkeepers are just everyone has like a career game against us with some of the saves <laughs> they make it's absurd it's one of the most frustrating things ever what else do you kind of keep from today's game i mean like analysis wise like what haven't we what haven't we really talked about we talked about them employing the high press in the first half second half like something changed like for me in the second half it seemed and i'm saying it again like bl came more into the center james rodriguez seemed to kind of drift a little bit out onto the right looking to get inside and make crosses like feed the ball across goal to find a free man uh, Oleg Rabchuk came off, Ramon came on, didn't see a lot from him. Uh, you saw what you saw from Oleg. It never, it, it's, it's pretty consistent what you see from him in, in the lack of the offensive. He did have that one nice ball though. He had the, the, a nice ball that was played to Bakambu. Uh, and Bakambu ended up being uh, off sides, I believe it was on that play. Uh, but it was a lovely, a lovely ball, long ball sent through that Bakambu would, would have been open on. Um, regarding, yeah. oh, go ahead. But what about this, Ari? Like, oh yeah, no, we do. So, this is this is one hundred percent true. Yeah. Are you how what how worried are you? How worried are you about this? And sorry for those of you that are listening on audio. There's a couple of people now that have dropped this in the comments. Like we need a good center back, guys. Can they not see this? I'm worried. I'm worried, mm -hmm. mate. Like, I don't think Retos is reliable. I think Cisse has been written off. It's clear. It's clear Cisse has been written off. He's fourth option now. They're not they're not match fit. You can't you can't trust to throw them into a big game. And if Socrates and Doi aren't playing together, that partnership, then then there's a problem, particularly with playoffs coming and games being back to back. Can, will, so will Socrates last? Will he, will he not get injured? It's, um, it's risky. No, you're 100% right. And I'm going to kind of reiterate something I spoke about uh, the last show. I believe it was the last show I was on. Uh, with regards to a stat that we posted about Pascalakis and the defense. Uh, if you remember, there were some things we talked about uh, since the new year where the team has improved. And with the defense, we have improved in terms of the, some, the number of opportunities that we allow, uh, the number of opportunities that are of shots, the, the I, I should say the danger level of some of those opportunities. But there is an important set of statistics that we focus on that tells us a little bit something within that. And the first thing is looking at Pascalakis. And Pascalakis, uh, there's a, a stat that's called, uh, oh, I, I'm already forgetting the name of the stat. Um, not, uh, oh, um, goals prevented. And on a per 90 minute basis, Pascalakis is second only to Cuesta who's having a fantastic season for Adis overall. Pascalakis, again, I'm going to say this again, second in terms of prevented goals per 90 minutes. So you hear, okay, wait a minute. We, the team as a team is improving in the number of attempts it allows, uh, the number of opportunities that we allow opponents to have. We're allowing fewer overall opportunities. But Pascalakis is 
the leader when it comes to prevented goals per 90. So here's the problem. When you see those two stats together, that tells you something. That means that, okay, as a team, we're doing better stopping the progression of our opponents. And Baskalakis is doing a great job saving those things. He's the second in the league. In the middle, that's telling you that those few opportunities we allow are almost always dangerous when they come to the goal. And that's not a good thing. And that's where we start to see some of this, the, the, the leakiness of this defense, because by far and away, our defense, even though we've had some improvements and even though we've had some stability in terms of like the duos that we've used, there are still holes in this defense. And when we play against the top teams in this league, we will be exposed by that. That's why this game against Balk for me is something very scary. And some people have said, oh, you're just fear mongering. Oh, you're um, you're worrying for nothing. Uh, so every team gets a shot here and there. But the concerning thing is when everybody's one or two opportunities become very dangerous opportunities. So this is all something that uh, is very important because it could be telling about the context of how we concede if we concede against a team like Bach. So that's how I look at it. I am scared about it. And I do think that one of the first moves we should have made well, I should say after the fullbacks, we did need a center back. I agree with you there. Yeah, and if you hear the press in Greece covering Olympiagos, a lot, I think you know, there, there are some journalists, they ask the question to the, the reporters following Olympiagos. So when is Olympiagos buying a center back? And the answer is always, oh, they've got six. I mean, so you've got Bar, Cisse, Socrates, Doe, Retos, I mean, those are the five. Bagalianis came back from Bas. I think he played with the B team the other day. So, yeah, when there's no shortage of centre-backs, but really there's, again, it's that you want that Semedo, you want that Melberg type of player, which I don't know if we can find that now in January. I worry, but I don't think, yeah, I don't think we're going to be getting a centre-back in now. To, to get a good centre-back, you need to fork out good money to get a good center back. Uh, speaking of money, thank you TF91 for another donation coming in from the UK. It says, hi guys, do you think that if we don't win Balg next week, we should stop talking about winning the league and focus on building a team for next year? Um, I'm going to answer that one real quick, Ari. Um, I think that as long as the title race is mathematically open, we play and yep. we we chase that and at the same time we focus on building a team for next year i don't think it's either or it's is both for me I, we, we yep. have to already be building for next year i agree with you i agree with you 100 percent. we are not mathematically out of it by any means uh there's a slate of games tomorrow i think uh, i mean they're both winnable games for both balk and panathinaikos i think it's levadiakos and asteras that the the they are playing balk i think is playing levadiakos and panathinaikos is asteras they're so, away yeah yeah and uh ike had a big win against adis uh, another thing that kind of troubles me but that's for another time uh maybe later we'll discuss that more how ike easily dispatched Adis when we seen we played them three times and every single one was a nail biter. So that's a that's a different story altogether. But as long as we're still in it, I I don't think that you know it has to be okay, we give it up. Even let's say Panathinaikos were to drop points again this week. Surely not. Even if even if something happens to Bach, we're still in it. We still have a chance. There's still playoffs. So 
Um, but I understand the sentiment, I guess. Yeah. Well, more comments coming in thick and fast. Another one from Lagius. How about El Arabi? Don't care if he scored. He looks, <laughs> excuse me, he says he looks worse than Marcelo. I don't think he had a correct pass today. Um, it was, I want to say it was the same the last few games, but yeah, he scored today and he scored against Darius. And I mean, I think all of us went on record in the summer and we said we shouldn't be re-signing him for two million euro a year. I think we were all unanimous, unanimous on that point on uh, on our channel. But he scores goals. He yeah, does he... score goals. Yeah. <laughs> he, he scored the winner today, and it was a tap in. He, you know, he could have scored with his, you know, with his little little toe. Doesn't matter. That's why he's there. As long as he's there, he's there, guys. And you know what? Like uh, the least we can show El Arabi is some some respect for what he's given to the club. I'm not sure he will. He will see out the the, the two year contract he signs because I do think that people see it. Like you've got to be you've got to be blind not to see that he's not the same player he was two seasons ago. You yeah. already saw the regression. Like the signs of regression were already there last season, and, and yeah, like some of his touches, some of his passing, he's nowhere near as sharp. But yep. unfortunately, given the situation of the club this year. He's a luxury that we can't afford to be without, even in like you know, the, the current current circumstances. I mean, El Arabi coming off the bench in the last fifteen minutes. Yeah, he's getting paid two million and he's coming off the bench. But there, he came off, scored the winner. Yeah. That's what you want. That's what Olympiacos wants him to do. But but I, I I understand like where the where these points are coming from. It's not that we yeah. don't see it either. Yeah, it, and it just makes it doubly worse is because, like, you remember what for me, my the value with El Arabi, the goals, of course. I mean, he scored a lot of goals in in the seasons he was here, but when when the the production part, the creative part with the ball, his playmaking ability dropped off. That's when I thought I started to see. Well, you know, remember the complaints about Hassan? That's all Hassan could do was finish. He could do nothing else. Nobody wanted to watch him penguin waddle with the ball at his feet. It was horrible. <laughs> So when when he wasn't scoring, the 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 value's not there. And the more El Arabi has played with this team, that the more that is becoming true because he has less playmaking ability. And when there's less playmaking ability, the value proposition is less. So at, last year, I was banging the drums from the first half of the season when he was scoring a lot of penalties. Yeah. For the for the same reason. And I had people coming after me saying, Oh, he's still amazing, he's still scoring goals. So I, Lucky buddy, I am, I understand what you're saying. And I understand the respect part as well, because he's done a lot for this club. But at the same time, when it comes to uh, contract negotiations and when it comes to what we're thinking about for the future, it's about what you're doing for me now. You know what I mean? Um, for me, you know, if I were the one in charge, if I were the director of football, that's how I would be looking at it. Uh, as much as I respect what you've done for me in the past, that holds a part in maybe some decision-making, especially if I'm on the edge of whether I want to keep you or not. But it's more about what you do for me now. If you're not doing anything for me now, what value are you going to have that value going forward? And that's the thing with him. So 
But if he can come off the bench and score goals for us right now, I think the way things are this season, the way things have been, we don't have a choice but to keep him around uh, at the very least through the end of the season. So that's 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 obvious. That's obvious. Like until the end yeah. of the season, it's is what uh, is it's another thing that worries me ahead of the summer. And I know, like you know, the season's far from over. But yeah, we are already thinking. I think, I think all Olympiacos fans should be thinking about what happens in the summer. We've got to avoid the mistakes of last summer. We've got to learn from them. We've talked about that a lot on this show before. But you look at our strikers, and Bakabu's, you know, one way or another, he's reached nine goals now. Yeah, mm-hmm. in all in all competitions. Okay, he's only he's played in the cup and he's played in the league. Scored nine goals. Probably could have scored more. But is he the one to lead the line next season? Not I don't know. Me. I don't know. Like, I, don't know. I think he's a good, good option to have. But I don't know if he's the. I don't think. I don't think he's the number one. Like, what, what do you think? I. I mean, part of this is also like I. I want to see more of a younger core being built with the team. But that's. I guess that's neither neither here nor there. I mean, look. He, Bakambu misses a lot of opportunities. It has to be said, he does. He misses a lot. He gets a lot of opportunities. He does score. I mean, he's going to end the end the season probably with probably 15 goals. But he, this guy misses. I mean, I think I it was a stat that I put out last week that he's missed the most big scoring chances on in the for the team. That's that's telling. He's scoring a lot of goals. He'll end the season with 15 goals, which by you know, by far and away for a guy that came late in the window yeah. is pretty good, uh, 15 goals. But still, I mean, the number of opportunities he's gotten, it's been – he hasn't been – I'll say he hasn't been very efficient at the very least, in my opinion, with some of the opportunities he's gotten. But, I mean, we could we could debate about some of that. Well, we have to see really how the rest of the season turns off um, with some of that. But before I bring up the next comment, which is a nice, nice segue to something that I want to bring up tactics wise. Don't forget to like and subscribe, guys. I'm looking on YouTube now. I've got 40 likes so far and there have been hundreds of you that have come in. If you're in there now and you haven't hit the like button, please hit the like button. Doesn't cost you anything. As we've said before, really helps us to get the channel out and beyond to different parts of the world, bring in more Olympiagos fans. If you're subscribing or if you haven't subscribed, you're listening for the first time, join the community, hit the button, make sure you're aware of all the content that's coming out. Got more interviews, maybe more deep dives and some vlogs coming your way. So yeah, guys, like and subscribe. Now, I want to bring this comment up from our friend, Costas Zugaragi says on derbies they should try Mvila, Samaseku, and Embalm together. That way we should be better off defensively. Now, I think we've talked about that before, like 4-3-3 with that trio in midfield. I got I've got two questions for you, Ari. If you play that formation. Who do you play at the six? Who do you play at the six and why? And 
Do you think that this team could play a diamond formation, given that we have no wingers? I knew that was coming. I knew that question was coming. <laughs> For regarding the the four three three, who plays as the six? I mean, I think all we have to do is look at what the reality is of those three players, right? Yanam Villa. We know what we we get from him. He's no longer a guy that can do the box to box running. He is an anchor. He is a pivot. He can and he distributes the ball usually deep for us. Uh, and he's kind of that link to to help defensively when teams transition against us. So I don't think he can be the guy that's that's running forward helping to press. That's going to probably have to be Samaseku. And but then with the 4-3-3, if you're looking for any type of playmaking coming from the midfield, it's going to be him. It's got to be him. And that's going to involve him really playing box to box. And then that's going to be really heavily reliant because in a 4-3-3, in the modern 4-3-3, usually you also have a playmaker. One of your playmakers or what your modern 10 is, is on the wing, one of the sides. We don't, we don't have a winger that can stretch the field, though, also to make this really work. And this is a huge problem with the 433 also. So then it's well what do you do? So now the we've seen in the past uh especially going into the new year and coming out of the new year that really one of the strong points of this team is the midfield. So I am not against maybe running a 433 and putting more responsibility on the midfield since I think it's the more I don't, I don't want to say important, but the, the better part of the team anyway, the more consistent part of the team. I'm okay with that in that respect. Um, it, but then it's just a question of what do we do? What do we do if we're running that midfield? What are we going to do with Hamas? What are we going to do with Pep Biel? Okay, Pep Biel has been at least functional playing on the sides, but is Hamas that functional on the side? Guys, he had he had over 100 touches today, but eighty over 80% of them was when he was playing behind the behind the striker. He didn't have a lot of touches when he was out wide. So then th that then becomes, it's like, all right, you know, we, we get more out of one thing, but then we start to then lose a lot from our other players that have been very um, capable, some that have been capable and productive for us in the new year. So we risk losing that. Can we run a diamond? Costa, I think you're asking a lot there, man. I'll be honest with you. That, it's, that's not like, it's, it's not like we have a set formation and tactics anyway. Let's be honest. Like, honestly, no, that's true. That's it's true. Like, we've got a manager that's really like, he's a good motivator. He gets into the psychology of the players and all of that. But like, do you really think Mitchell is a guy that kind of sits around and, you know, moves dots around the board and explains the tactics? And I, I mean, I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't mean that to insult him in any way, but, he he actually used to run that system. Do yeah. you remember, like the his second season in charge, like when when Afalai came in and like we were going into Europe and we were playing Kasami as the the right yeah. man in a in a diamond midfield. I, I I don't know. I just you look at the wing options, like the pure wing options that we have, and you're just like, oh, just play without them. And 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 this brings me to another point, Rodinet. Oh my god. <laughs> like I said it on the last show. I was just like, I love this guy. I've seen him for five games. It's like five games my thing. And I'm just like, five games? Like, yeah, now now I have like a good a good picture of like what you can do. Like 
I, 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 every game, I, I love it. I love what I see from him yeah. every game. And he's got that kind of Brazilian favela hunger. He's hungry when he's on the pitch. He's, he's not afraid and gives everything. Really good signing. Really good, really good signing. Really good signing. And I, I saw, I saw Labra was getting trolled on Twitter today. Amazing, amazing, <laughs> Labra. I love you, buddy. But I died when I saw that. It was so funny. Uh, explain, explain to people. <laughs> so the the one of the posts in question that Costa's referring to somebody. I got to look up his name. Uh, Somebody uh, basically quote tweeted Lambro back when we first signed Rodinay. Lambro had uh, uh, put a tweet with an image of Rafinha, basically saying like, "Oh, it's like Rafinha," because like the context was the same. And you're saying this is a similar type of player. It's like we re-signed Rafinha Libiakos, and in reality, uh, I brought it up on the deep dive. Costa, you even talked about it briefly as well. Uh, the play completely different profile and. I was not super excited when I heard the name uh, Rodinay being announced, but then when I was watching the film and doing the deep dive, I had a much more positive outlook on him uh, doing the scouting report because I saw the traits that I knew that we actually needed and that we were looking for in a fullback. And it's just every time you see Rodinay and Oleg play together, you just you see what's <laughs> you see even more what's missing because like how many times did Oleg he would like sit right and he'd be sitting and the thing that I'm thinking about was when uh, James Rodriguez had the ball in the first half and here you have Oleg or um, was was it James or Huang Huang sorry it was Huang that had the ball and Huang is looking at Oleg through he's looking at the through pass to the defenders and Oleg isn't moving to make the run so he just plays it. And Oleg is yeah. caught flat-footed runs. He gets to it. But, I mean, this is what you have to do with Oleg because he's not the player anymore that's looking to be positive. Rodinay is. Rodinay sits so high up. And then my favorite thing about him, too, is he has the ball. He doesn't like his options. Oh, yeah, he's going right at you. And how about when he took the ball in the second half and he goes in, he cuts in, and he goes, he goes past two players, and he cuts in himself. Oleg doesn't do any of that. He will always, like clockwork, get the ball, the second he doesn't think he has space forward, stop either back pass or cross. That that's which and Rodinay displays, and I, I've heard people tell me he's not an amazing player. That's fine. I but he gives us something we haven't had at that position for a couple of years, three years at least, three years. And it's 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 nice. It's refreshing to see. It's very positive. It's what we need, especially in Greece. So now we just need to copy that. Can we clone him? Can we clone him, give him a left foot and put him on the left side? I would love that. We'd be set. Everyone's kind of hoping that's what Ramon's going to be, but I'm not sure. I mean, guys, again, completely different profiles. He's a different profile of player. I told you guys, watch the deep dive that he is a project. He is a project. I He has traits that it, if you watch the deep dive, he has traits that I value and that I think will be useful in Greece, but I don't see him having big, not Rodney impact. Uh, I don't think he's going to have Rodney like impact at least this season. In the future, I could see it happening, but not this season. Uh, we we might see some good stuff from him here and there, but Rodney is like you. You watch players sometimes in film, and you're like, mm. you know what I mean? Like Huang Huang Imbom. I saw him. I was like, this guy, this guy's going to be a genius for us. And then some players you look at, and it's like, uh, like there's something there. There's something isn't. 
and then you you just don't know what you're going to get out of him. But man, Rodney's a breath of fresh air. Best dribbler in the Greek league from Christos here. Uh, it might be. He's, he's, he might be up there. I have to go. You know what? I have to go look at the. I have to look at the stats for that. At least one on one wise, I haven't seen him lose lose on dribbles much. At least from the eye, a, from eye test. Th- there's a lot of love for Rodine. Meanwhile, yep. before we get to man of the match coaches grade, we will get there eventually. There is a poll ongoing on the channel. If you're following live now on YouTube, you can vote your man of the match for the game against Offi today. There are four candidates there. Rodine is one, Pascal Lagis is another, James Rodriguez, Jan and Vila. If it's if you think it was somebody else, feel free to drop a name in the comments. So go ahead, guys, like vote in that. Let us know who you thought was your man of the match for today's game. Oh, I thought you had something else after that. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> just enjoying the silence for a moment there. <laughs> Uh, oh, okay, I was going to so, touch on this comment. Yeah, yeah from TF91. So there are a few people that have brought this up t- today. I didn't want to bring it up earlier because I don't think it's like number one yeah. issue. But yeah, I think we have to address it. Uh, TF91's asking, guys, do you agree with Mitchell's approach on Marcelo? All right, I'm going to I'm going to let you take that one this time. <laughs> I I'm going to answer the question by saying this because I. I understand what some people said. There were a couple comments about people saying that they think that Michel could have used him, and and I agree with that. So I'm, uh, the whole situation regarding Marcelo, uh, nobody is without some kind of fault here. Marcelo especially. You don't come into a club fat. Maybe he believed he was bigger than the club. I'm not in his head. I'm not in his posse. I don't know what was going on. But nobody is bigger than any club. You come in fat. That's disrespectful. You're a professional athlete. You should be in shape when you get here. You shouldn't have to lose 10 kilos. That's unacceptable. Uh, and then still have a kilitza, you know, even at this point in the, the season, uh, a gut for the non-Greeks. So I put that on Marcelo. Um, now, what I do put on Michel is we saw against Atromidos, of course, a couple of games where Marcelo played that he's still got, you know, when, when he has some of the energy, when he's running, and he still has the talent. He still has an ability that not many people have. Unfortunately, you can't play Marcelo at this stage in his career without a guy like Samaseko. And somebody um, uh, somebody brought up in a, a comment here, Dimitris Giatios, uh, in physically demanding games, Samaseko should play instead of Mvila and Inbom as deep-lying playmaker. More, I'm focusing on his Samaseko part there. If you're going to play Mar- Marcelo, you need to have Samaseko because Samaseko is a great ball winner. He's a great defensive midfielder that we've seen so far. But for some reason, Michel has been very tentative and apprehensive about playing this guy. Maybe it's the fact that he's a low knee uh, and you know Michel was looking at playing players that he knows are going to stay here. I don't know. Uh, but for me, there's no reason why Samaseku shouldn't have been playing more this season. So I put that on Michel. Michel could have used Marcelo and gotten more out of him, like we saw in the games against Atromidos. Uh, he he, Marcelo still has ability. He has he has a God-given ability, so to speak, that not a lot of other players have. We could have made better use out of it, and that's on him. But 
that doesn't leave Marcelo without blame. What he did as a professional is, un is unacceptable. So there's multiple parties that have blame here, how the situation was handled. Uh, but Michel definitely, I do not agree with his approach on Marcelo, especially when we were getting next to nothing offensively out of Oleg. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. I think a lot of it has to do with ego versus the team. And we really can't afford to have egos that think that they're above the team, given the situation that we're in, particularly now where we find ourselves in the league, what the objectives are, etc. And I see a lot of comments like this one, um, TF91, couldn't he just play in games with Lamia, Akades, Kaiki, etc. I was of a familiar mindset before Christmas, after we'd seen him in the friendlies. I, you know, th There was the Atromitos game where he's, he scored those goals and, you know, there was this kind of sense of, oh my God, you know, Marcelo really does play for us and he's really, really good. So, of course, he's... <laughs> you don't need to remind people who Marcelo is, just are we ready as a club to, you know, build things around him? Because that's what we would have to do, even against the Lamias of this league. If we play him at left back, you better make sure that there are players there that can cover for him, whether it's a Samaseku, whether it's, um, I don't know, they played Yaretso some games as a left centre-back and he was covering for him every time he'd gone forward. Then there's the question of, you know, oh, okay, so we don't have any wingers, so why don't we play him as left mid? Left mid, you've got to run two boys and girls. It doesn't, it doesn't eradicate the amount of running that he'd need to do if he was playing as a left mid or as a left attacker. I'm, and at the end of the day, I think for me, I said it before the Christmas break, when Marcelo was left out of the Banathanaikos game at Leoforos, and he took to Instagram and said, Hi everyone, I'm here, I'm fine. And then he, you know, was posting pictures of himself riding a bike at Reddy, you know, saying, work, work, work. For me, it ended there. Like the glass broke. The glass broke there, and you know, there's a saying in Greek, you can't glue the glass back together. Once yeah. it's broke, it's broke, you can't fix it. And um you know, we even talked about it being a pure PR thing, the fact that he's here and that he's not leaving this window. And I mean, you know, we're getting into transfer talk before we before we wrap up. There are two days left. Two days left. Well, Marcelo's apparently, not apparently, like he has unfollowed Olympiacos on his Instagram. I think yep. that's super... It's like... Childish. Really, it's like, really, dude? Like... Trying it's to very push for the you're, you're right. That's what it is, mate. Cut. Yeah, it's, it's it's childish. Like we're not paying him. Like 30,000 30, people didn't go to the Karaiskaki, and I know he doesn't have beef with like any of those people that went to the stadium. Like he's got he's got an ego. Like he's he's unhappy. He thinks he should be playing. Yeah, okay, but do, you don't you don't need to you don't need to cry like a baby about it. Yeah, I'm. Look, I'm with you there. And I also think uh, 
for TF91's original question, like why wouldn't why don't we just keep him and use him for those games? The in a in maybe in a perfect world, if Libyakos what Libyakos wanted was all that mattered, yeah, maybe they would do that. But the problem is you're you're you have to think about what he wants as a player. He's a competitive player that's made it to this stage of the game and the stage that he made it to with Real Madrid. He's a competitor. He doesn't want to just play in meaningless games against bad competition. He wants to play in the important games. The, he's not going to settle for that. So I think that's why that would not be a situ, like a situation we could get out of him because he's not going to only want to play uh, in in meaningless games. So, but uh, yeah. But, but, but even that, like, the the you know the crunch games at the end of the season against the top five sides what are you going to do then it's going to be like oh all of a sudden you know we've been playing with marcelo and now we're going to try something else yeah exactly maybe if we had like if you had a lead like if we were winning the league you know what i mean you keep him around you play him you don't care like if this were if this were like the season before when we were up 15 points or the season before when we were up like almost 20 points. You know what I mean? Uh, at this point in the season, like, okay, you, you play him every game. So you get like everybody watching all of his followers watching and it becomes a big social media thing. But right now there's too much on the line and I'm sorry. It's not, it's just not worth it. Yeah. Should we do some quick transfer talk? You want to do man of the match first or transfer talk right away? Yes. Maybe we leave man of the match for last. Again, guys, if you haven't voted in the poll, you can vote your man of the match. Let us know who you thought your man of the match was. Like and subscribe if you haven't done so already. We're Gate 7 International, your number one English source for all things Olympiagos, bringing together Olympiagos fans from all over the world. This show is by the fans for the fans. Speaking of fans... Hussein was in the house today. He says, I have to add that today the presence of Offi fans made us loud once again. Good. Excellent point. Excellent point. And a bit more. Are you guys Greek or British? Uh, we're both Greek. I grew up and I was born in England. And Ari's, Ari's in Maryland, US. I'm in the States, baby. I'm American. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, and big shout out to Doron Tour, our friend from Nottingham Forest. Are you linked with any Forest player? We no. were. Harry Toffolo <laughs> was linked, but apparently, apparently he's going to Anderlecht, and you guys are signing more players. You're signing Jojo Shelby. Why the fuck do you want to sign Jojo Shelby, Dor? Like you just got Dan you got Danilo in. Yeah, didn't they get another midfielder as well? I was because they're sending off uh, Luis O'Brien to West Brom. He's going back to Corboran. Anyway, uh, mate, if you've got, do you know what? Um, we'll, we'll take Danilo and Danilo off your hands, or I don't know. I'll What's take Danilo yeah, for sure. Angelo Kukios is good show, guys. Much better journalistic approach comparing to Greek Ardagia. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Uh, let's do the transfer talk, Costa. I think I think this is a new subscriber, Motsu. Thanks yeah, for joining. Yeah, I recognize this name. Thank you for joining, mate. Um, all right, let's do this. Transfers. He's not coming. 
He's not coming, guys. It would have been it would have been nice to have. I actually, for those of you that maybe saw on Twitter or Instagram on our story, I put some uh, a little prelim data set while the talk was going that maybe he was close and we were leading the race for him. Uh, a lot of people weren't impressed that he was playing in Mexico, but his numbers there were pretty good, uh, even though he got injured and he didn't play a whole lot of minutes. We'll say the numbers are still good. I mean, he's not. Maybe not the fanciest guy, but he's effective. Uh, in when it came to end product, I mean goals, goals, assists per ninety. He was in the 99th percentile <laughs> when it came. Like he was basically the best when it in in the winger and attacking mid position in Mexico, and that says something. Say what you want about the league, but when you're when you're when you're the best at it, you still can perform. So it would have been nice, but it's not happening. For for those listening on audio, we are talking about Florian Tovan, um, former. Marseille man played there for six years moved to Tigres in in Mexico that's not happening as we just said looks like he's going to Udinese Udinese had um was it Delefeu Delefeu got injured and they really needed to bring in a winger so yeah I'm I think we had a brief chat with the other guys on on our on our message app and you know some this is you know disappointment it's like why has he gone to Udinese it's like okay guys like it's a it's a top five league it's not a particularly yep. big side but I feel like this is a player that's had his had his his adventure in Mexico and let's be honest like it's not the you know the situation right now at Olympiagos isn't isn't the best and European football isn't secure for next season so Still some risk there, but so he's chosen a better league instead. Uh, and you know, potentially it might. I, I hope it's not Hesse. If it's Hesse, Hesse Mesa. <laughs> Costas Lianos made a nice comment the that other was, day. He was, was like, he was like, I, I, I would, I would become a Greek journalist for one day, or the editor of a Greek, a Greek sports paper for one day. Just so that I could put on the front page, yes, and Mesa. <laughs> if yes, it signs for any bear, of course. My God, he. Oh God! That uh, apparently we're looking at another two profiles for the wing. I've got. I don't know. There's something about Despadov. That that and and I know that Ludogorets has been asking a lot of money for him in the past, but there there is a rumor going around that. Gonzalo Avila might be heading there to Ludogorets. And as soon as I made the connection, I thought, hmm, might we be trying to to get Despadov and, you know, give them uh, give them Avila as a, you know, cookie, something to throw into the deal. I, I don't know. Right. Maybe, maybe I'm just, you know, imagining things at this stage. Hey, listen, I was a huge fan of signing him last year. Uh, I think he's a great winger. But the funny thing was we had some Luda Garretz fans come in that weren't huge fans of him that didn't think he was that good. Do you remember that, Costa, when we were when we were talking about him and putting him up as a rumor? And they were like, please take him. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't believe that. I don't know. Yeah. But th there's I, nothing that there's no other names really going around. Uh oh, was it right. M Mbuku from from Rem? the the young french uh under 20s player he plays out on the left he's 
played a quite a, you know it's he's played 40 50 professional games in uh you know relatively short career he's 20 years old he's very young he's played a lot of games in league 1 so as a you know good caliber young player this is interesting um is Rajelovic on loan or is he permanent i actually don't know I don't remember. I th- I remember when we saw the transfer, it didn't say anything. No, like, it, I don't remember. It didn't say anything about us cutting his contract. It just said that he joined them. Yeah, but I didn't know the, if it was alone. It was the same with Hassan. Hassan left. Yeah. And Hassan is on loan. Hassan, uh, so maybe it is. Uh, maybe we don't have a winger like Rajelovic right now. We don't like him, dislike him, could probably use him right now. But he's not here. Um, let's see. Let's see what happens on the wing. Let's see if we do any business. Here's an announcement. On the 31st of January, we will be doing a live before the window shuts. So we will be here to do a live. Check it out. Like Subscribe if you haven't done so already, guys. Again, like the hit the bell so that you're notified when we go live we will be live until the transfer window shuts so when the transfer window shuts we will be able to do a little recap of the business that Olympiakos has done this transfer window and last time it was pretty eventful wasn't it it was Marcelo on transfer deadline day wasn't it Mm -hmm. last time let's see let's see if Olympiakos has been doing the slow cook for something tasty. Costa, we got somebody else from Hawaii in here. What's this? <laughs> Fernando from Hawaii. I think you guys working pretty good together since James is playing at Olympiacos. I always listen to you guys. Thanks so much. Muchas gracias. Thank you so much, uh, Fernando from from Hawaii. Hawaii. So one of our co-hosts, Labro, he's not here today, aka Mr. Grumpy for some. Sorry, Labro, you're not here to defend yourself. Anyway, he's from Hawaii too. So that's 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 super. That's have super. we got a lot of Colombian subscribers come in like more more recently? We must have like Brazil. I know we have because the uh funny story, the Harris Teeter that the grocery store that's close to the office where I work, I was in there and one of the cashiers at the register, I walked up and I'm giving him my stuff to pay, and he sees my Elibiakos shirt. And he's like, oh, you know, my favorite player, uh, I'm Colombian. My favorite player plays for your team in Greece. And then he looks at me and goes, wait a minute. He's like, you look really familiar. Are you this guy? And he turns his phone and he was watching a Gates and International. The cat, isn't that crazy, man? Like it's never happened to me before, but we definitely have gotten. <laughs> is this some, you? Uh, yeah, it's like, is this you? I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, another one from Motsu says, Do you remember Aaron Lennon? He used to play in Tottenham. Not sure if he still is. Yeah, I'm I'm actually a Tottenham fan. Um unfortunately for me in England. Uh Aaron Lennon's playing in Turkey right now. He's playing for Kayseri Spore. Was a decent player. When he was much younger, it was it was a very exciting player. Never mind, he retired. Okay, he's not playing for Kayseri Sport. Maybe that was his <laughs> last club. Did he retire? Okay. Thank you, Motsu. <laughs> I like this guy. I hope he sticks around. Yeah. All right. 
Shall we wrap up with uh, Let's do it. Man of the Match? Man of the Match, great. which is great. Let's do it. Should we do the um, Should we do the fan poll first? Um, no, I don't want. I don't want to skew your your pick until before oh, or you, after. You want, you want me, me your to pick go first? You want me I'll to go. go I can go first if you want. No, I I, I, I already got mine. I already okay. got mine. Go ahead. If you want to go first, then go for it. Pascalagis. Pascalagis for me is my man of the match today. I didn't I, even think about that. I think, I think for the outfield players, probably Rodney. I do think Hammers had a good game as well. I think BL could have had a man of the match, like 10 out of 10 performance, but for those misses, of course. But at the end of the day, like the way the match went, it has to go to Pascal Lagis for me. He makes an absolutely massive save when... Um, when Mvila's played that ball back by mistake, he's come off his line super fast. He's blocked that shot. And then the other one, the other one towards the ends, like where their players like right on the shoulder of the offside line, he breaks the offside trap and he's through. Those two saves for me mean that he's the man of the match. He was there when, when we needed him. And, that's the thing with Onolibiago's goalkeeper as well. He can do nothing for 80 minutes, 85 minutes. He'll be called on once or twice, cold, and he has to be ready. And Pascal Aguiz was ready. And I have to say as well, even amongst us, like co-hosts of this show, I'm the only one, I am the only one that was positive when we signed him you yeah. can correct me if i'm wrong but i think no I you were i wasn't positive at all i was not excited about it i was the only one that was positive about this transfer mm -hmm. i i know that he's erratic labra used that word in the last uh podcast i think it's bang on like he can be an erratic goalkeeper elefteropoulos was a little bit like that as well he had games where he was absolutely like there's nothing getting past him and then there's some games where like he'll do something and just like, what are you doing? Where you're, you know, you're worried. You're worried every time the the ball goes back. But today, today he deserves it. For me, he's my man of the match uh, for the umpteenth time. Coach's grades uh, B minus, and I'm probably being nice. I didn't like. Once again, I didn't really like the way the team was set up. Um, you could argue not a lot of options. Gary Rodriguez didn't do it for me. And yeah, I think he gets, he gets the B minus because essentially he throws in El Arabi at the right time. And, you know, El Arabi gets the winner. So El Arabi kind of, he makes a Maga today and he won us the game. So, so yeah, man, B B minus just about for the coach today. Um, so my man of the match is Hamas. Um, I I always say with my when it comes to man of the match, I look at the player that I think put us in the best opportunity to win the game. Uh, he ended up getting an assist, the assist at least for the first goal to equalize things, and 
get everybody motivated back in the game. But I counted almost, well, I think it was about 10 crosses, uh, 10 crosses. And I imagine he's going to have at least five, five or six key passes based on the balls that he played for shots and, and balls that he played uh, for opportunities on goal. He had a lot of, of great distribution of the ball today. Guys, like I mentioned, he had over a hundred touches. He had a lot of the ball. He saw a lot of the ball. And I get a lot of people say he's been he's slow. And I get that. I, I really do. And when he got moved out to the wing, I thought he was a little bit less effective, but I'm not going to take away from uh the the stellar distribution that he had. So uh in the grand scheme of things, he is going to be my man of the match. Uh shout, of course, to Baskalikis for 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 his part in preventing uh, us from losing points. Uh, shout to Rodne, who I thought had a great game, and Huang. Um, I, I always can give a shout to Huang because Huang does a lot. He had a rocket of a shot that was deflected for the post. Uh, so that's that's going to be my man of the match. And then coaches grade I, I, for same reasons as you, Costa C plus uh, for me. Uh, for the first half, I I I didn't know what our actual game plan was because it seemed. It seemed like Offie had a game plan and we didn't. Uh, again, it, it concerns me when I see a lot of stuff being done that it feels more individual than it does uh, like team team game planning or like team play that actually makes it. And that's working for us for now. Uh, it worked against Offie. Uh, we did have some moments of interplay that were nice between a couple of people, but um I, I I am concerned about the more the our over reliance on individuality. That's the only reason probably we are where we are. So I'm giving a C plus again. I I agree with you. The the subs okay with Eladabi. He he ends up getting the goal. Doesn't do much else. Uh, yeah. The Yorgos Masura sub was uh, he goes and whiffs uh, whiffs a golden opportunity. Um, I, I and you know bringing Samaseku probably just to close things up. Uh, he brought in Ramon, okay, just to give him some time. But there was no changes, nothing that I believe he did to really impact or influence the game um, with the substitution. So C plus, I think is all B minus C plus. I think are good grades, all things considered, because we won, and not necessarily reflective of the impact that we believe he had on the team and on the game today. Bang on. And so, if you look at look at the votes cast by the fans we have james rodriguez winning tonight 40 percent of the votes Bascalagis with 33 percent and uh, rodine with 26 percent of the vote so so you're you're with the popular vote ari james rodriguez man of the match today against offy as uh as voted by you the fans thomas <laughs> Comment from Thomas Scott. <laughs> oh my god. Thomas, what are you saying, mate? <laughs> where's where's look at my eyes DC to get upset with me for picking uh, number 10 again as my man of the match? I haven't I haven't seen him today. Let's go through a few a few more comments before before we shut down. Aguilar says, we need some speed and aggressiveness in the defensive line. Pape Cisse should come back in the lineup as he's dominant in the end. By far the quickest, quickest centre-half that we have. 
Megali Studio. This yep. whole thing with Cisse. Like, I don't know. Yep. I, because I agree with him, man. The, this whole thing with Cisse, man. The, val- the value we've lost, and I'm not just pointing at Cisse, the value we've lost on players because something stupid has happened or we didn't sell at the right time. We've lost 30 million, easy, maybe more in in va- asset value because of how poorly we played the transfer market with Madi, with Cisse, uh, maybe even Bukalakis Masuras, if you believe the 5 million euros with Oleg, with um, Agibu. Oh my, we, we've lost so much value from players because we held on too long and didn't sell when we should have to make, to make profit. Yeah. Sad. Chris is asking if we address the Marcelo thing. Um, my friend, yeah, about 15, 20 minutes ago, if you want to go back during the live, if you want to listen to what we had to say about that, we did, uh, we did talk about that. And it is, it is a question that we received quite a lot today. So you can you can go back and, and watch that as well. I think that's it, Ari. Oh, wait. Two things before we leave. First of all, you mentioned this earlier. That was it. Yep, that was from Greg. Uh, Greg Marut, if you are in the comments, if you are hearing this at any point, even after the live, Thank you so much for drawing this, man. This drawing was awesome, man. I, I loved it. This is, you've got some talent. I can't do that. I'm a terrible artist. <laughs> is it Greg Sorachi? Did I get the, I don't know if that's his surname or is it Avatar or whatever on Twitter. But Greg, wherever you are, beautiful. Thank you so much for sending that to us. Taking the time. It means, it really means a lot. Thank you very much, my friends. And we always like to do this more recently. Uh, let's have a look at the table. There we have it. Ayek are top of the table right now with a game extra. So Panathinaikos has a game in hand. They play Asteras Tripolis away. They're two points behind Ayek and Olympiagos are currently in third place with 42 points. Balk have a game tomorrow against Levadiagos, and if they win, they they come equal on points with us again. And guess what? Next week we're going to Tuba. That is an oh, yeah. absolute, absolute must must win game. Oh yeah, oof, must win, but. Uh... I I am not confident. I mean, the, uh, how Balk has looked in the at least, especially after last. Oh my God, what they did, what they've done to Panathinaikos. That's they have a. I think Martial brought it up on the last show. They have a better team than than we do as it stands. We have better players, maybe, but they as a unit, they currently look better, in my opinion, than we do. And and playing in Dumba is not going to be fun. I am not looking forward to that game. It's that's going to be one of those games where I'm basically like trying not to shit a brick the whole game. <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be me. I'm going to be like clenching up a storm, freaking out. Mikhali's going to be bothering me. I'm going to be like, be quiet. Uh, I'm not going to be a a pleasant person to be around. 
Well, I tell you what, we're not going to talk about it today. But I did announce earlier that we will be back on Tuesday for a special episode. Tuesday, 31st of January. That's the that's already tomorrow. What am I talking about? Well, it's midnight. It's past midnight here, Europe, Central Eastern European time. On the 31st of January, we will do another episode. We will be here live until the end of the transfer window. And we can talk about the Balk game. We will have had the result of the Balk Levadiagos game, had an opportunity to watch that. And we can talk about the game against Balk a little bit as well while we follow developments, what's going on in the transfer market, etc. So, guys, if you if you like what you saw, what you heard today, like this video on YouTube, uh, give us a subscribe, a thumbs up whatever you're watching or listening on whether it's apple podcast spotify youtube facebook don't forget to like it really helps to spread the love around the world bring more olympiacos fans to this con to this amazing community that we've been growing the last few years and yeah hit the bell subscribe and we'll be back tomorrow ari anything else to add that is it. That is it. And hopefully we have some, uh, uh, well, this will probably be a few weeks, may, maybe if everything works out, but we might have some fun announcements for the community as well regarding some updates to the show. Wonderful. All right. We're one and a half hours in. Time to go to bed for me. Ari, back to the family. But guys, thanks for tuning in. We are Gate 7 International, your number one English source for all things Olympiagos by the fans, for the fans. See you next time.